Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I am Marvin Williams. And today's episode is number 44, uh, John 18, verses 1 through 27. If you haven't had a chance to read that passage, pause us and read it yourself. You'll get a lot more if those verses are fresh in your mind. Yeah. So, yeah, we are moving right along, and we're we're kind of moving into um, we've 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 gone from Jesus's conversation with his disciples to now this is um, where Jesus begins to experience a lot of the passion. The when we say passion, that is the suffering, mm-hmm. and um, and you know we we look at this and we now begin to have a there's a solemnity that takes place because. The one who died for us is we're we're now beginning to see some of the stuff that he that he went through. But let me ask you a question, kind of get us moving uh, along here. So how how would it feel if someone knew you but denied that they knew you? Oh, that would be extremely hurtful. Yeah. Um. I mean, devastating for it to happen in front of me, but even even hearing of it, like. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, you know, apparently you don't know this person because they didn't say anything. And I would be like, what? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hurtful. Even. Yeah. I mean, it would it would for sure change how I felt about the person yeah. who denied knowing me yeah. and wonder what what did I do to them that they wouldn't want to be connected to me? Am I that right, much right. of a loser that I don't know? OK, let you move. Let's no. move on. I'm starting to feel real sad. <laughs> <laughs> we need an intervention. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. It, I I don't know how it happens. Uh, Tanya and I we had um, dinner at someone's house. This was this was a, a while back, uh, way before we came here, and uh, thought we had a great time, great conversation. We like shared our lives and and then they saw us in the hallway the the following week and. And they act like Just they didn't know us. On by? It's 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 oh. it's not like I'm easy to miss. So yeah. oh. so uh, so that that was um, that's hurtful. Like yeah. we, like both of us were giving our sad stories here. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and and it was you know it's it's like wow that's how how does someone get to that place where they don't recognize or not just recognize but not acknowledge mm-hmm. the person that that they know or yeah. that they've seen or that they've spent time with and um and so no carolyn and i we don't need an intervention right now <laughs> we don't need anyone to hold our hands uh but we are talking about something that happened to jesus yeah and i figured you know again if it happened to him um you know we're not immune to it happening mm-hmm. it happening to us mm-hmm. and so we um before we dive into a part of that passage where we'll um what what are some of the things that stand yeah, out well, to you in even this the chapter? fact that you start off by saying that we're entering this section of john where it is about jesus's suffering and we immediately think physical suffering on the cross like in, and yeah. we know that was horrible but this is also an element of his suffering yeah is that absolutely. relational suffering yeah where that's good that's uh, really good jesus is going to be betrayed here and, and abandoned by his closest friends. So, I mean, his suffering was 
all of it, like all the suffering possible he experienced, the physical, the emotional, the relational. It, it was the full package of suffering. Yeah, that, uh, that's, man, that's that's really good. That's a great point. And I, I think that um, there are some people who might listen or probably been in church for a while will say, well, God only cares about a certain part of my life. He only cares about the spiritual part of my life. Mm-hmm. But does he really care about the physical suffering? Does he really care about the emotional suffering that I go through? And um, and kind of, you know, your introduction to this, in a sense, introduction to this passage is that he cares about it all. Mm-hmm. He really does care mm-hmm. about the physical, and the he emotional, experienced and it. he experienced it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are, what are some things that okay. right well, off the bat that this, stands out to you? Yeah, this is kind of a small detail, but I thought, I think it's worth looking at. In verse four, well, so let I'll set the scene though a little bit. So he and the disciples have been walking. Remember, they left the last supper. They're, this conversation continued. Jesus prays. They've arrived in a garden that was a very familiar place. Yep. They've been there before. It's why Judas knows, oh yeah, that's where he's going to be. Yep, the like, Garden of Gethsemane. Yep, yep. Like you might know, oh, they'll be at that certain Big B, you know, whatever. <laughs> like that's... Jesus going to Big B. Hey. You know, you know you're going <laughs> to cross paths. What is he drinking? Paths. What is he drinking? No, well, I don't know. Okay. All right, I don't go know. Ahead. But, but this was his place. <laughs> Judas knew he's going to find him there. And, uh, and so Judas is coming with people to arrest him. And this is, so then verse four, this is the little small detail that I think is interesting. It says, Jesus, knowing everything that was about to happen to him, went out and said to them, Judas and these officials, who is it that you're seeking? So we have again, this, what Jesus does, where he asks a question that he already knows the answer to. So I, and we've seen him do that before, um, what, what do you want from me? Absolutely. Or yep. do you want to be healed? I mean, kind yep. of these duh questions. So then we know he's not asking the question for the information. Yeah. He's already got that. So then why does he ask, even in this situation, why is he asking this question? Um, if it's not for information, I think it is to reveal something. Hmm. Hmm. Um, whether that is the heart uh, in those other cases of healing, he there is value in expressing need. Um, in this case, he's he's just making it plain and clear yeah. what is going on. So there's there is no question, um, there is no lack of information for anybody present. He he's revealing not only the heart and the heart motivation, but here it it also leads to God's glory. He's setting up. He's setting up what is about to occur. So yeah, I think that's a that's a great it's a great insight. Um, your um, you know again noticing Jesus is asking questions um, not necessarily for information, um, but uh, you know I think the question is probably more for the person who's listening to the question mm-hmm. and the drawing out of something and whether it's in this passage or whether it's other questions in the gospel um, that um, I am, I am maybe not as self-aware. Um, and Jesus says, "I'm going to ask a question 
so that you might discover something about yourself. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to ask a question that I'm maybe not patient. I'm going to ask a question that may draw something out. And um, I, I think there's a there's an important piece to even disciple making, asking questions, mm -hmm. drawing out. Um, mentoring is putting in. Coaching is drawing out. And coaches, what coaches do, they will ask questions. They will not tell you the answers. They will ask questions to draw out what's inside. And I think Jesus is probably doing, he's a master question asker. Mm -hmm. And I think he's doing it here to, um, I think probably, as you mentioned, to raise some truth to life, uh, yeah. light here. So I yeah. love, I love that insight. Yeah. Another element I think is significant is in verse six. So they answer the question and Jesus says, I am he. And in verse six, it says, when Jesus told them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Yeah. So this was not tripping over a tree root or something like that. Their reaction to his words is huge. And that I am should ring some bells in our minds. That's right. That's because right. Jesus has had some very significant I am statements through our study of John. Um, I am the light of the world. Yep. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection in the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yep. And that whole I am was the very sacred name for God going back for all of biblical history. So when Jesus uses that phrase to describe himself, it is just utter shock and disbelief that they're in reverence. I mean, I think even um, unconscious, like the, it is just an immediate reaction of yeah. they fall back yeah. Yeah. in respect and reverence. Because yeah. he is calling himself God in that situation. Yeah, and, and this is this is again so cool to see both on display at the same time. We you know, we see Jesus Jesus' humanity and his divinity, you know, in this moment. Mm -hmm. They're coming to take him, you know, he will be struck, he will be beaten, and that's his humanity. And yet we see here, we see um, his divinity, um, hearkening back to Exodus 13, as you mentioned. I am where God reveals who he is. He reveals his name and Jesus, um, you know, um, he, he, he kind of uses that name because he is in fact, uh, he is in fact God. And so, um, I think you're right. They cannot handle the divinity that's, um, that's be before them. And, um, and I think that's both, we, we love, I love to see that Jesus is human. He can identify with my humanity, mm -hmm. and yet he is God. He calls me up, you know, to be uh, to be with him. And so, uh, so I love that. I love that insight that you that you you drew out. Okay. Um, another key player, a disciple that's highlighted in this section is Peter. Oh, our dear Peter, <laughs> our impulsive Peter. Um, what? What does Peter do and, and what can we well, learn from him? Yeah, the here? thing that really strikes me, and this is kind of the heart of the, the opening question, right? Jesus, uh, Peter has spent three years with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's seen some incredible things. Um, you know, he Jesus healed his mother-in-law. I yeah. mean, that's got a lot of points for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And 
And yet, three times, he says that he doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, at first I want to be angry with Peter, and then I'm feeling for him mm-hmm. because he, he throws Jesus under the bus. I mean, he is like, I don't, I don't even know him, um, or I wasn't with him, and yet um, G- Peter walks on the water. Jesus calls for me. He walks on the water. So, so what do you think would cause someone to say, I like you spent time with Carolyn Kirsten, and then one day you say, I don't know her. Yeah. And and again, we're not talking about any physical illness and that sort of thing. We're talking about Peter didn't have any kind of medical problem. Mm-hmm. He he said he didn't know Jesus, the one who had spent three years with him. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah, he must have been just completely terrified. Hmm. Um, he must have been afraid. I mean, again, his leader's getting taken away. Everything is flipping upside down right now. And I think just out of terror and self-preservation, hmm. yeah, he's like, I, just, I, don't, I don't know the guy. And that is, I, you do feel sorry for him. Like, I have not been in that situation, but boy, I, I can, I can see that if he, he's like, I just, I, I have to say, do whatever I can to protect myself because everything is going crazy. So he. Yeah. Well, I think the other part that gets me and, um, and earlier, um, and I don't know if we covered it on a podcast, but um, one of our one of our episodes. But earlier, Peter says to Jesus, "I will never." Yeah, he I does will... the very thing. He yeah. said, "Never ever, never ever." Right, and <laughs> and and yet he he does it. And so so I I suppose there's this this sense where the Bible does come. We see the truth of the Bible when we're overconfident mm. in certain things where we say, well, it will never happen to me. I think there's a sense of holding on to humility to say, you know something, mm. it actually could happen to me. That's good. And I am not immune to, um, to temptation that is so intense that it would cause me to fall. And so I, I kind of, I mean, I, I, I get angry with Peter a little bit, but by the same token, Man, I certainly understand because there are some things that I said I would never do, and then later on I find myself doing the very thing that uh, that I said I would never do, and so I can understand. Yeah, probably and that what's is such a powerful side. point because if we are, if we just dismiss the possibility of falling into whatever <sighs> temptation might be, well, then we're also not preparing ourselves yeah. to resist the temptation or yeah. to to have make that decision. Uh, which then Peter shows just the foolishness of that. That's very powerful. And I think important for each of us to think about like overconfidence or pride, the, that arrogance, are there areas that I need to look at and not just, not just assume I'm all set. I got, I got my, I've got my bases covered. I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Are there things that spiritual rhythms, practices, disciplines, even speaking truths to myself, reminding myself of the truth that that will help me. Yeah. Yeah. In that situation and yeah. preventing that situation. I, I, I wonder if 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 he did it as well, 
Um, you know, so the overconfidence piece, the pride, pride going before a fall and destruction. Um, I wonder if he forgot that there was an enemy, hmm. an enemy, as Jesus said, who desires to sift you, hmm. who desires to like ruin your life. And, um, and I wonder, I know sometimes I do, I wake up not recognizing that I'm in a battle, not recognizing that uh, I'm in a war. And I forget that the enemy is real and he is cunning, um, cunning, and he will do literally anything to get me off my square, to get me to deny Jesus, to even betray Jesus. And so I wonder if, if Peter fails uh, in this moment because he forgets that, man, there's an enemy who goes after your life on a daily basis. And um, if the enemy is not going after us, then we're probably not doing something right. Mm -hmm. But if we're trying to live as disciples of Jesus, learners of Jesus, and trying to help others be learners, I can almost guarantee you that when you wake up in the morning, the enemy is going to attack in some way. And it can be something as simple as, a, as, a, as an argument with your spouse or anger with your children because they did something minor. Um, anything that the enemy can do to get us off mm -hmm. um, and to deny Jesus and betray him, I think he'll he'll try that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's back up a little bit, actually, because we see Peter do something a little off the rails in verses 10 and 11, where, you know, they're coming, they're going to arrest Jesus, and Peter pulls out his sword and whacks off the, <laughs> the servant's <laughs> ear, and Jesus is, hold on, hold on, hold on, that this is not how we're doing this. And so he puts the ear back on. That's pretty cool. He puts the ear back on. Okay. All right. And, uh, okay. but I think that's something else interesting, which goes along with, I mean, this theory of Peter's overconfidence, like here, he, again, out of a, a good heart wanting to protect Jesus, but does not, I mean, aggr so very aggressively, <laughs> goes uh, goes after yeah. someone defending in defense of Jesus. Yeah. Um and I think there may be times in our own pride uh where we we go after someone who criticizes Jesus or criticizes the church. And that is not again how many times have we said we are to be known by our love, not yeah. by our aggressive sword skills. <laughs> right? Right. So I it falls along in that same Peter again in his impulsiveness and in enthusiasm but perhaps just needed a little more humility yeah. to, to properly respond in, in both of these situations. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, and, and I don't think he was ready for the moment. Um, yeah. and you know, you go back to, um, one of our good friends, Daniel in, uh, and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they, I, I think it's Daniel one, they said they determined not to eat the king's meat. So they made some pre-preparation before the temptation came. Hmm. And I wonder if Peter just didn't put in the work. Um, and, and you said it earlier that the spiritual disciplines are designed to make room in our hearts so that we are ready, mm -hmm. you know, not only to commune with God, but to, um, to be ready, you know, to be ready for the moment. And so I, I don't know if Peter was ready for this moment. I don't know if he didn't have his devotions that day or whatever <laughs> it was, but he, we see his, his aggressiveness, his anger. Yeah. And then we see, you know, his denying uh, Jesus. And so um, I, it's a lesson for me. I think it's a lesson for all of us um, 
um, be ready so you don't have to get ready. Yeah. And um, so, um, so I, I think his his story is all of our stories that we we all fail and we all deny Jesus in some way. And I think um, I think we just have to be ready for those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and can we tell a little bit of the rest of the story? Because hooray, it doesn't end like yeah, this exactly. for Peter. Like exactly, if you're familiar with the Bible, like Jesus restores him. Yeah, Peter goes it. on to love be it. the rock of the church. Like this. This is a big fumble here, yeah. but it's not the end of the game. Yeah. I like the sports that. analogy yes, for Peter. You. He okay. he gets put back in the lineup. Yeah. And he, and he scores. And he scores. <laughs> there it is. Well, as we wrap up, what can we believe believe about God, ourselves, and others from this passage? Yeah, I I think that one of the things that we can um we we can know about God, he will consistently ask us questions. Not because he doesn't know the answers, mm-hmm. but because he's trying to draw something out in us so that we might know him better and know ourselves better, but also know him better. So I love the fact that, um, you know, he asks us questions um, to get to the depth of our hearts yeah. and not just because he doesn't know the information because he knows everything. Yeah. He knows everything about us. But I think there are sometimes we don't know some things about us, and he wants to draw that out. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And I, for ourselves and others, I well, for myself, I really want to think more about Peter, and and his response, and how I might be like Peter. Am I setting myself up um, to to deny to aggressively defend hmm. Jesus in a way that's not loving because hmm. of my own lack of spiritual discipline, my independence, my, my pride. I don't, I don't want to be that. And I think Peter provides a good example, a good warning for us to be gentle and humble in heart like Jesus is. Um, and so we're not in this, in a situation in a a response like Peter does here. And so, um, yeah, be ready so we don't have to get ready in the midst of temptation. So there it is. There it is. Well, thank you friends for listening. We encourage you have your own spiritual conversation with someone over a passage of scripture. You can do this and we're excited to see how God will work in and through you in it.